for the past two weeks, I'm not sure if you guys know, knew, but I was in Korea. Um, and there's a, there's a few different reasons uh, why I went. Um, and I try to visit, uh, you know, semi-often. Uh, but there's a few reasons why I go, but there's kind of one of the main uh, biggest reasons is uh, because of um, there's a special someone there, right? <laughs> there's a special lady there, right? Um, when, <laughs> when I was about, this is the most I've seen you guys concentrate before. <laughs> uh, when I was about uh, six months old, right, um, both my parents were working. I know, both my parents were working um, at that time. Uh, and so we hired a nanny. Um, and so from when I was about six months old to when I was about 10 years old, I had this just nanny, this hired person come and take care of me. Uh, and so for me, whenever I can, I go back to uh, visit her. She lives now in Korea with her family there. Um, she's almost, almost 80 years old now. Uh, and she has her own family there and everything. Um, and, but for me, like, I think about her a lot, and so I, for me, I just want to go visit her and just be with her. Uh, and so for me, this past two weeks, I spent a lot of time uh, with my nanny, right? <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, with my ex-nanny, I guess. <laughs> that sounds weird, too. Um, but, you know, on my plane ride back, uh, I was thinking about her, and I was thinking about why I loved her, right? Um, I was thinking about kind of my memories with her uh, because it's kind of strange. You know, when, when I try to explain her to people, it's like so weird. I'm like, I don't know how to talk to people about her. Like she's my, kind of my mom, but not my mom. She's kind of my grandma, but not my grandma. She's, she's someone who my parents, you know, kind of hired. Um, and so for me, I, I don't, I had to really think about like, what was the reason why I like loved her? What was the reason why like, I would really do almost anything for her? Because she's not part of my family, she's not my blood, she's not anything like that. And I realized that the reason why I loved her was really simple. It's because without a shadow of a doubt, I know that she loves me. You know, when I was a child, I had so, like, all of my memories are, are almost full of her. Um, and of being with her and just spending time with her. And I know, like I know in the deepest part of my heart that she treated me like her own child. Like even though she was someone who we had hired, even though that she didn't know me at all before coming to America, like I know for 10 years that she treated me like her own. Um, and so for me, my only response to that was to love her back. You know, Christianity is really, is really simple at its core. It's a response. Because for your entire life, there has been something that has been fighting for you. For your entire life, there has been someone who has been arguing for your behalf, who has been loving you in spite of your mistakes, who has been clawing at you, has been trying to teach you about who he is. And for the longest time, you have been running away. But one day, one day, something happens, and your eyes open. 
and you realize that God has been pursuing you this entire time, that even in your flaws, that even in your sin, that even in your dirtiest of pasts, he loves you and he cares about you. And in that moment, when you truly realize that, it becomes your response. And your response is of love. That's what Christianity is. We can try to set up all these different rules and theological terms and all these different things, but at the end of the day, it's just really a response to God's love. And that's why I think for a lot of us, we can see people's lives change. Why we've seen a lot of people's lives change in this church. Because for the first time, there are people who realize that they are completely and unconditionally loved by someone. And when you realize that, that changes you. Your perspective on life changes, your priorities change, and the way you love changes because of one thing, God opens your eyes. So, what does it mean to open your eyes? You know, not being able to see is really scary. And the reason why it's scary is because everything kind of looks the same, right? You can't tell if there's a person, a foot in front of you. You can't tell if you're about to step off a cliff. You need light and order to know where you're going. But you see, it doesn't matter how much light there is if your eyes are closed. It doesn't matter how bright it may be if there's something covering you right there. You see, in order to truly see, you need both things. You need light and you need your eyes to be open. See, for Jesus' entire ministry, he was teaching and guiding the disciples and what it meant to follow him. They saw him die and they saw his resurrection. And at the very end, before he went to heaven, it says in verse 45 here, that Jesus opened their mind so that they could understand the scripture. You see, before they heard and they even saw everything that had happened, they saw the gospel in action. But it was in that moment that their minds were open to truly understand. You know, Psalm 119, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a light for us. And what that means is that when it's dark, man, it's the word of God that can guide us in where to go. It is the word of God and the words that the teachings that we learn and the sermons that we hear and the, and the lectures that we hear in this place that allow us to make the right decisions at the right time, that allows us to go and enjoy life the way that God had intended for us. But none of it matters if we don't care. We can hear the best sermons in the world, but none of that will matter if we don't care. Just because you have the Mona Lisa in front of you doesn't mean you'll appreciate it. In the same way, the word of God is light in the darkness. But the only one who can truly open your eyes is Jesus Christ. Let me give you another example. Let's say a father loves his daughter, but that daughter is 
constantly indulging in self-destructive behavior. She yells at her father. She yells at other people. She is rude to everyone around her. She does whatever she wants. And so the father finally goes to a counselor. And the counselor talks to everyone involved and finally sits down with the father and explains that the reason why the daughter is acting that way is because of him. Because the father didn't set any boundaries. Because the father never said no. And so for the daughter, she realized that there are no consequences for her actions. You see, in that moment, the words of the counselor are light. They're shining this path into this father's life. The counselor is bringing guidance and direction. And you know what? It may be the very first time that that father has ever heard anything like that. But you see, that light is not enough. The father, he could even say, you know what? Oh, you're, you're right. I've never heard this before, but you know, I see now that you are completely right. He may say those things, but if he goes home and nothing changes, then you know what? That light is meaningless. His eyes were closed. Now, when would his eyes open? Well, we don't know. But more often than not, our eyes open after tragedy. Maybe when their relationship is so strained to the point where it can't be healed. Maybe when something happens when the father is now completely and utterly devastated. And so he finally says, now I finally understand. Now I finally realize. You know, I think for a lot of us, we've, we've experienced this firsthand where we've had that friend who's gone through the same thing again and again, who's gone through this repetitive sin or this past action that is so obviously wrong. And so we give them the same advice again and again to turn and do this other thing. And they say, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I understand that, I understand that. And yet they go in the same direction again and again and again. And it becomes so frustrating. And so all we can hope for is that something would happen where they would finally wake up and realize that they would change. You see, when it, when, when it says that their eyes are open, their, their mind was open, it means that they began to understand the value of what God has done. And when you begin to see the value of what God has done, then you'll begin to see everything in light of God's character. You know, this is just from what I've seen personally. Uh, so don't take it as, you know, gospel. But if a husband doesn't think of his wife as valuable, then what I've seen a lot of times is that they live very separate lives. Is that they, the wife lives her own life and the husband kind of does his own thing and, and they almost are two people that just happen to live in the same house a lot of times. And if the husband doesn't think that his wife is valuable, then he's going to do his own thing and live his own way, irregardless of how she feels. Now, but if a husband does think of his wife as valuable, 
then the actions he takes will be in light of her. You know, if you have a, a diamond of immense value, then you're not going to throw it in a drawer and forget about it. It's going to be a huge part of your life. You're going to always be thinking of it. For me, I never doubted that Jesus died and rose again. Even in my most skeptical time of my life, I never doubted that. I never doubted about the miracles in the Bible. I never really doubted about the different stories of what it said there. I didn't doubt those things. And yet, for me, I wasn't a Christian then. Because just because I believe in those things doesn't, didn't mean I was a Christian. In the Bible, it even says that the, de the, the demons believed and that they shuddered. But when I was saved, it was at that moment that I realized the value of what Jesus did for me. You see, before I was saved, I believed that Jesus died. But after I was saved, I believed that Jesus died for me. Before, I believed that Jesus was resurrected on the third day. But afterwards, I believed that he resurrected for me. What changed in my life was understanding how valuable God was, about what God had done and how amazing and immense that was, especially in my life. And now because of that, I can't help but see everything in light of God's character. Now, what does it mean when, when I say that I can't help but see everything in light of God's character? There are certain movies that have really huge twist endings, right? And, and I, love, I love twist endings. Um, one of my favorites is uh, The Sixth Sense, right? The Sixth Sense. I don't know if you guys, it's a pretty old movie. Um, but the only bad thing about movies like that is that once you've seen it once, you can never watch it again in the same way, right? I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, Bruce Willis dies. Right? He's, he's dead, okay? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so when I watched it the first time, man, I was blown away, right? I was, like, I was shocked beyond belief. But when you watch it again, when I watched it again, you begin to pick up all of these different clues. And you begin to realize, well, of course. I should have known that he was dead from the very beginning. He's sitting there, and he's not even looking at, and she's not even looking at him. They're not even talking. Like, of course he's dead, right? All of these different things begin to make sense. And the next time you watch the movie, you're never able to see it in the same way because everything begins to connect because of what you know. You see, when God opens your eyes, you can't see the world in the same way again. When you realize the value of what Jesus did, then you look back on your life and you begin to realize that the seemingly random things that happened, the seemingly things that didn't make any sense before, are, are begin to get connected, begin to fit together in a way that you had never thought they would fit together before. And you see, when you begin to read the Bible, and you begin to read what Jesus says, and you begin to hear different sermons and different talks, all these things in your life that didn't make sense before begin to make sense. 
And that's why for maybe a lot of us, when you hear a certain sermon, it just clicks with you. When you hear a certain a word from God, it just it fills you with something. And that's God in that moment opening your eyes. Because there's something that the world can never give you. Because it never can truly make sense of this world. It will always try to give you self-help books. It will always try to give you different meditation techniques and all these different things. But it will never truly be able to explain all the things that are going on in this world. And yet a lot of times when we read the Bible, when we hear a certain word, it clicks. You know, for me, I wondered for a long time why God didn't save me when I was younger. Because if I, was going to the, if I was going to do the work of the ministry, I wondered why God didn't save me earlier so that I could prepare my road earlier and so that I would be better prepared today and so that I could do a better job tomorrow. Because for me, I, mean, I grew up in the church. I grew up in a God-fearing family. And I heard the gospel, I heard the word Jesus Christ, I heard the stories in the Bible every single day, and yet it was only later in life that I was saved. But for me, as I look back on my life, I think I know one of the biggest reasons why I was saved later is because, for me, when I see someone who comes into church as an adult, who is seeking for something more because their life is empty, because their life has taken a turn for the worst, my heart goes out to them more than anybody else. Because I remember what that was like too. When I was searching, when I was trying to find, when I was in the deepest and darkest parts of my life, and I was trying to find the truth of whatever was out there, I remember what that was like, and I was seeking so much. And so whenever I'm able to talk with someone like that, whenever I prepare my sermon, whenever I prepare a talk, my first and, and one of my most important thoughts are always towards preaching and teaching towards that person. And you see, I don't think I would have had that type of heart if I was saved earlier. Now, I'm not saying that everything in life will make sense. And I'm not saying that everything in life will make sense when God opens your eyes. But what I'm saying is that there are things in this world that the world will never be able to explain that only the Bible can. And that's why for a lot of us, maybe church has never really meshed with us. Maybe we have never really been able to connect with people. Maybe we come downstairs and, and there's no one who really talks to us, who's, who's really friendly with us, and yet for some reason, we keep being drawn to God. We keep being drawn to church. We keep being drawn to Jesus. And I think it's because in the very bottom of our heart, we realize that there's a truth that only Jesus can truly explain. You see in verse 45, Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand the scripture. There are two words here that I want to explain. 
when it says that Jesus opened their minds. The word opened, when we, when we just hear it in the English, it, it's just so different than how they use it in the Greek. Because when we hear it, we think about opening a door, opening a window. But when they're using it here, it's much more forceful. It's almost like drilling a hole through a mountain. That Jesus opened their minds. It's something that explodes on impact. And the reason why that there needs to be an explosion is because sin is so deep within us. It's because we are so covered with sin. It's because there is something, there's a filter within us that is so difficult to break through. And only Jesus is able to do that. You know, for those who are getting older, there's, um, there's something that may happen where you have cataracts in your eyes. And what cataracts are is just when there's be, there begins to be this opaqueness or this mistiness over your eye. And a lot of times what you need to do is you need to have surgery in order to take it out. Or else it can get worse and worse and you can get blind from it. And people will try to take medicine, people will try to do eye drops, people will try to rest more. But you see, the only solution to cataracts is cataract surgery, is to have a professional surgeon come in there and repair it. And you see, with sin, we can think that there's a lot of different ways that we can fix it, there's a lot of things that we can do, but the only solution for sin in our lives is for Jesus to break through and to destroy the sin in our lives and to go through and open our minds. Jesus is the only one who can truly open our eyes. And that's why when we really encounter God, it changes us. I have yet to see a person who says, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I encountered the fire of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it was like, okay, yeah, it was fine. Like, I've never heard that, because that... When Jesus comes into your life, it really does touch who you are, it changes who you are, and your life changes 180 degrees. When you meet God, your life changes and you want to know more about him. And you become so hungry to understand more of who he is. That's the first word I want to explain. The second word is when it says they could understand the scripture. This word understand it, it means literally to, to build a puzzle. You know, when you take the pieces of a puzzle out of a box, it just looks like a bunch of colors and a bunch of different seemingly random pieces. But when you put it together, finally in that moment, it looks coherent. In that moment, the big picture comes out. And for me, I don't know the best way to explain it, but I do know that when it comes to our lives, Jesus is able to connect the dots. And when it says that he is able to open our minds and open our eyes to understand the scripture. It means that he's able to bring these seemingly random pieces of our lives and he's the one who puts them all together. And so that when we look back and when we see the things that are going on, before it looked completely random, but finally, finally we're able to see the big picture. Finally it looks coherent. That's the best way that I can explain it. And so church, do you believe that Jesus died? Or do you believe that Jesus died for you? 
You know, those two things are really different. Because I believed in the first thing for a really long time. But I didn't, I didn't believe in the second part until much later. When I say this, when I say that Jesus Christ came to earth, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again on the third day, do you feel anything? Does that make you feel anything at all? Because when God opens your eyes, you see that one sentence, it becomes a definition of your life. It becomes the reason why you wake up. It becomes the reason why you do certain things. It becomes who you are. And so church, this is the one truth that will change your life. And if you are able to encompass this, if you are able to truly believe this, then God, he will open your eyes. Do you want to overcome guilt? Then the truth of what he's done has to break through. Then you have to really believe that more than anything. Do you want to overcome worry? Then the truth of his goodness has to break through. Do you want peace? Then the power and love of God has to be more real to you than any other problem in this world. What's your priority? Who do you think about more? Where is your heart? And I know that it seems so much more complicated than that, but think simply, brothers and sisters. Do you want peace? Then where are you putting your peace? Christianity is a response to what God has done in your life. It isn't forcing yourself to do something you hate or forcing you to do something that you don't really care about. You know, for a lot of us, we've been going through the motions without any real change, and you're just wondering why. Well, it's because you're trying to walk with your eyes closed. So church, there's one thing that I want us to pray for, that if this is you, you know, there's a story in the Bible of a, of a father who brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus. And he asks, Jesus, are you able to heal him? And Jesus goes, look, anything is possible if you only believe. And so what the man says is, God, Jesus, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. He asks that for Jesus. And Jesus grants it. If you have been walking in the dark, if you, have been, if you have lost your passion for Jesus, then in this moment I want you more than anything else to cry out to him and ask that he would reignite your passion for him. Because if you continue just to walk in the dark, if you continue just to do the motions without understanding that you need to respond to Jesus, you are going to be so burnt out and you will always be tired. But you see, church, when God opens your eyes, that's when everything will change. And so cry out to Jesus. I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Let's pray.